You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Mr. Dan Chapman from Fairway Independent Mortgage. Welcome back to the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. How are we doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, Sean. Yeah, you bet. When's the last time we talked? Did we talk like a month ago? Maybe I think it's been about a month, end of May, maybe early June. Yeah, and I, I wanted to do, I, I referenced you pretty often, and I referenced you uh, about half an hour ago saying, hey, I got to go talk with Dan Chapman. Um, but I was talking about how buyers need to, if they need a pre-qualification to go to a good guy, and I mentioned your name. So I plugged you on yet another one. And hey, you've gotten some business out of this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And those are people who just kind of reach out to you and say, hey, saw you on the podcast, love to work with you, that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about the big topic right now is interest rates. We keep seeing that uh, interest rates are at historic lows. So give me a feel for where we're at with averages, like the average 30-year fixed mortgage right now. How low is it really? Well, um, so that kind of depends a little bit whether it's a purchase or a refinance. Um, normally, yes, those rates are the same, but not in 2020. Okay. Let's talk purchase, um, 30-year um, conventional regular balance, so 510, 400 or less, um, have been about 0.875 to 3%. Right there. Okay. Um, at no points, depending on your credit score. Okay. Super low. Um, high balance, which, as you know, is also known as super conforming. Um, over 510, 400 in King, Snohomish, and Pierce counties, obviously that's 741, 750. Okay. Those rates, those rates are a little bit higher. Um, about an eighth percent higher. Okay. So not a lot, but uh, you know, an eighth percent higher. And so I've been locking purchase loans on the conventional low limit, like around 2.875 no points and over five ten four hundred about 2.99, you know, call 3% no points. So 3% or under that is that, that is crazy low. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, lower 15 year fixed, uh, you know, yeah. two, Two five roughly, you know. A two, a two point how much? Two point six two five no points. Okay. Fifteen year roughly, uh, you know. So, I, the podcast I was doing before that, I the the article I read it basically said this is free money. This is like free money. Yeah, yeah. It's so low. Are they are these rates going to go any lower? Ooh, that's a great question. Crystal ball to me, my crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think I actually do think they probably will. Um, okay, lower because I do feel like COVID two point might be coming. Yep, we might have some more problems there. I really believe the stock market is a little bit of a bubble right now. Um, I mean, there's certain stocks that, like Zoom, right? That should be doing good. A- Amazon should be doing good. Yeah, you know Apple, things like that. But there's a lot of stocks that I feel like are really way too high, and I feel like there's going to be some pullback there. Yeah, I think um, I could see totally, you know, with the next uh, six months, us dropping another quarter percent, possibly. Wow! So that would put us at call it two point seven five ish on average for thirty year fixed. Is that roughly correct? Maybe maybe two point eight. Ish. Yeah, yeah, I'd say two point seven five for sure. Yeah, that's 
amazing. What about what about Jumbo? Yeah, now Jumbo, um, those rates, when we first started coming back into Jumbo after COVID hit, those rates were yeah. low. Um, you know, explain, explain to us, explain to us what happened for those of who haven't watched the podcast, been following the podcast, explain to us what happened with jumbo mortgage rates and jumbo is anything over, call it 740 grand when you're borrowing over 740 that goes into a jumbo mortgage. Explain to us what happened with COVID with the whole jumbo mortgage market. It just shut down. It, you know, we, you heard rumors that it was going to happen and then some investors were pulling out saying we're not buying loans anymore. So then lenders like us and caliber home loans and, you know, big banks, Hey, we're not going to do jumbo right now. Um, I think we were probably out of the jumbo market for, I'd have to look at my calendar, but I'm going to say around 60 days where we went. Two months. You basically just had nothing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Except for a credit union that does jumbo loans that we could do loans with, but Salau, Salau credit union, Salau credit union, you know, only arms 20% down. Okay. They were doing up to 1.5, but, um, you know, the traditional investors like, uh, you know, your chase, your Wells Fargo, um, trust, those are good jumbo lenders, um, that do a lot of business and, you know, we weren't able to do any loans with them for about 60 days. So then it opened up again and they said, okay, we'll do it, but we're not going to lend more than 1.5 million cap. Yeah. That lasted about three, four weeks. Yeah. So now we're at 2 million on our max loan amount. Okay. All right. That's where it's at right now. Um, They are still, you know, I just got actual approvals, really smooth loan, you know, uh, a client of mine who, you know, got W2 job, does really well, um, purchasing and um, got the clear to close, real smooth approval on that one. Um, You know, but if you're self-employed and stuff like that, they're going to really look at that hard and they're going to look at instead of two years tax returns, look at three years tax returns, things like that. And this is, is that just on jumbo or is that on conforming? Like is conforming lending, is that having a, 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 a tightening of, of credit limits as well? Or not as tough as jumbo. That's for sure. Jumbo, okay. they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're going to do a lobotomy on you. Um, okay. Figuratively speaking. Yeah, figuratively. <laughs> exactly. And tell us why, tell us why that is. Why are the jumbo lenders, why are they so nervous with, with what's going on in the economy and the market work us through that. Yeah. Um, I would say number one is, is your business, if you're self-employed, is it affected by COVID, you know, is it affected by what could happen six months from now? Could we go back to where we, you know, where you're not making, you know, if you're obviously, you know, a restaurant or bar owner, um, you know, you're probably not going to get a jumbo loan right now. Um, because there's there's uncertainty about the future of your employment and your income. Yeah, like, yeah. You might get a conventional loan if you're open and doing business and doing takeout orders, and you can show a okay. strong strong past history. But you're not getting a jumbo loan um, if you're that type of self employment. So I okay. I just they're gonna you know it depends on the industry. But you know um, if you're a self employed plumber, you know, or a landscaper or a contractor, and you and you and you're probably we're still doing business. If you can prove that, then, um, you know, and you have strong financials that, you know, I think you'll get it. You'll get your loan approved. Right. You know, what's interesting is you can't get a mortgage loan, but you can get an SBA loan all day long. If you're self-employed, it's crazy how, how the roles have reversed. SBA used to be super hard to get loans. 
and now they are basically handing them out because they want to prop up business so that business doesn't just tank even further than it already has. Right, right. Yeah, I've, I've actually had a couple clients reach out to me during the loan process, you know, can I get an SBA loan, you know, for my business? Yeah, and it's a pretty simple process. If you've got the paperwork, it's not that hard to do. Now let's talk about let's talk real quick talking about banks. So the banks this week are releasing a lot of their earnings. And it is not going to be pretty from kind of what I understand. Yeah, yeah, I've heard some things about that. And you were mentioning, you know, some stuff about Wells Fargo and some things that we've been reading in articles like that. It'll be interesting to see, I would I would imagine, um, and I don't know if any of this has to do, I mean, I would think it has to do with deposits, right? Because people are losing business or they're out of a job. And so they're not getting that paychecks. So they're not making the banks. There's just not the rotation of funds through the system. Yeah. 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 And, and the one thing you and I talked about was, so I guess expect to see a ton of really dismal numbers for banks. And one of the byproducts of that that you and I talked about was Wells Fargo changing their requirements that if you're going to do a refinance with on a jumbo with them and you're a new customer and you don't have a loan already with them, they're going to require you to have a million bucks of accounts with them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a shock. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard that before. And I know on purchases, they, they do certain things to, to they require you, hey, we need X amount of money in the account and we'll give you a better rate. But then they don't they don't make you keep it. Well, on a refinance, it sounds like they're going to make you keep that there. It almost sounds like to me, Sean, they just don't want to do refinances right now. And that, and that was the bottom line. They are trying to slow their lending. They've got so much in the pipeline. We're, we're at one of those periods, I think. And you tell me, how what's your volume like? Are you like stacked up? Are you waiting for loans to kind of clear the, clear the system? Yeah, that's a good point. That's exactly what's going on. I mean, my yeah. volume. Fairways volume is up about 60 to 70% from last year. And last year was our record year. <laughs> so continue, so just continually being tapped. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm up, but I'm at, um, my personal volume is up a lot, obviously. Um, and so what, what has been happening with that, Sean, is there are times where, and our underwriters are working, you know, seven days a week, some yeah. are working 12 hour days, you know, some just are like, okay, I've had it. I can't do this anymore. So right. we're trying to pull back that pass a little bit as a company on, on that. And so what happens is, is you'll see our refinance rates fluctuate. And the, what happens is, is, and I tell clients this up front, Hey, listen, if you're locking right now and you're not approved and you're not down the line to where I can do a 30 day lock, your, your rates are probably going to be an eighth higher. But if you wait and you get approved, Fairway is going to want to get that loan out of the system and you're going to get a better rate. And so that's what's been going on. Um, so that so 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 let me work that through. So that means that as you have more of your loan package put together and Fairway is like, OK, this guy's ready to go. Let's give him this slightly lower rate as an incentive to get this done. Let's get this closed off the books onto the next one. Keep that rotation. Exactly. Going. And I just locked yeah. one right before our podcast. And it was, it, you know, it's one of those loans that um, they, they want to get off their books they, you know, and get them moving. And so, time, so time we, can't, we, have, we have so much volume. We can't, we can't just have all these loans coming in and have them in there forever. We got to get them off the books. Right. Get approved. 
you're going to see things, your options are going to improve for rate pricing. Have you had any issues with um, appraisals not getting turned around in time, escrow companies not being able to close stuff on time, or for the most part from your end, has it been okay? You know, it's been pretty good on appraisals. I haven't really okay. had anything to complain about there. Have you had any, how about any low appraisals? Uh, no, no. Okay. Good one this year, but we did a we did a reconsideration of value, and they raised the price. They raised the the value. So I haven't had any low ones. Knock on wood. Okay, was that on a purchase or was that? A, yeah, it was it was a purchase? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, because we haven't on on the Reynolds and Klein side, we haven't had any major. We've had one or two in the last maybe six months, but we haven't had anything crazy where I'm like, man. This is a real trend where we're not able to support value. We seem to have enough sales to be able to get the value, you know, for most of the purchase businesses out there. And the refinance business, it's kind of like it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good to know on the purchase end from your perspective because um, it kind of lines up with what I'm saying, I think. Yeah, unless you've got a home in, in the chop area of Seattle and then and then, then all bets are off. Yeah. Man, what a mess. Yeah. Are, are you still in Montana right now? Yeah, I'm in, in Whitefish. Yeah. Yeah, you're in Whitefish, Montana. Was there was there talk there of CHOP? Was there was that a thing? Um, no. Yeah, people just didn't care. No, I mean, there was a little, uh, a little protest downtown Whitefish, uh, probably 20, you know, uh, middle-aged kids, you know, 18 to 25 down there protesting a little bit, and that was peaceful, yeah. so that was fine. Okay. And that was a black, black lives matter deal. Yep. 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 Okay. After uh, the guy was killed. Yeah. Right. Right. But you did not have Antifa roll through. No, Antifa is not going to do well here. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it would not, it would not go well, but you know, what's interesting. I was driving through Provo. little side note here. I was driving through Provo, Utah recently. I was at this coffee shop. I love the coffee shop. I go there every time I go through Provo which isn't very often, but when I do, I go there. And I was there that morning, and that night on Twitter, a guy drove through, Antifa was in town. They, they came to the town to, to wrestle things up, as you know they do. Yeah. And um, the guy pulled a gun on the driver who never did anything. He didn't even try to run anybody over. He was driving a truck. And I, I didn't see a Trump sticker on his truck or anything like that. Um, Could have been. But um, he, he was driving a truck, and he's trying to get through without running anybody over. And... They pulled a gun and shot the guy twice. Wow. Now, he lived, but, you know, they caught the guy, and the guy was a professor, 33-year-old professor um, that's probably going to be in jail for 20 years now. Wow. Yeah, not not a good— I just not, missed it, Sean. I was there like eight hours before. That's crazy. Could have been yeah. me. I was driving yeah. a truck. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. So so much of life is just circumstance and where you happen to be, maybe at the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. So so you didn't have any real protesting. You didn't have anything like that that impacted your markets at all. Kind of just business as usual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about uh, the I mean, I know California locked down yesterday. They basically, you know, shut down all their bars, restaurants, most businesses. My daughter uh, lives there now. Yeah. Have you talked to her about how that's impacting her? Yeah. Um, she doesn't like it. Yeah. And she's, 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 she's got her group, core group of friends, and they hang out together, and they find ways to do things that are fun. But, yeah, she doesn't like it, you know. So, I mean, she 
you know, she's just, her job is not too affected by it, but yeah, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. And what about there on Whitefish? Do you have, are you, uh, are your cases going up or what's going on with, with your numbers there? Town of Whitefish is very concerned because we got about 30,000 tourists in town during the summer. Ooh, yeah. Tourism heavy. Town of 10,000 people. So, Ooh, triple yeah. it. So, Glacier National Park, which I'm actually going to head up to, I think I might skate off work on Friday and go up there and climb a peak with my son. They are shutting down the east entrance. And so, if you don't get into the park by like 7.30 in the morning, you're not getting in. Not getting in. I got wow. turned around the other day. I, I, I was going to do an afternoon bike of going to the Sun Road because it was open to bikes, no cars. Okay. Cars in, but not to the biking area, to the going to the Sun Road. So I got turned around. They said it's too crowded. We're not only letting certain amount of cars in. So there, so there are restrictions, but do you guys don't have any mask restrictions or anything like um, that? No. I, I, no, I will say that, that I know Whitefish City Council had a meeting the other day, and they were going to require them. But they said they'd leave it up to the individual businesses. Okay. Businesses requiring, but most aren't. Okay. And, um, you know, but they're being careful about it. They're just not, you know, keeping their distance, but that most businesses aren't requiring masks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, we're, we've been mandated now for a couple of weeks. You, you just basically, once you step out of your house, be wearing a mask. And so, even outdoors? Um, if you're in groups of more, if you're more than just your family, uh, more than one person, you'll see a lot of people walking around with masks on outside. Yeah, you'd see that here once in a while. I'll see, a, I'll see like some guy skateboarding downtown Whitefish, yeah. you know, 22-year-old kid with a mask on. I'm like, hey, this yeah. is the fresh air. I think you're going to be fine. I think you're going to be okay. But you know what? In case you do come up on somebody or close on somebody, they're going to be like, all right, the guy's wearing a mask, you know. It's it's kind of just courteous, and all offices here, for the most part, uh, most major offices, you're wearing a mask. You, you know, I just did a signing this morning on extension on one of our leases, and um, had to wear a mask, and it was like, okay, it's, that's just totally fine. So let's get back to the let's get back to the mortgage thing. What would you tell so so people who are looking to refinance or looking to purchase right now? What would be since the system is so kind of bogged down? What would your advice be to those people? Should they try and get a refinance right now? Should they be looking to do a purchase because rates are so low? What kind of advice are you handing out to people? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a phenomenal time to purchase. I think there's the rates are so low. Um, you know, we, we're closing purchases in 15 days still. We'll always put purchases as our number one priority. Okay. And, you know, your, your refinance, um, um, if, if you're refinancing and you're a W-2 vanilla borrower, okay. system really quickly right now, okay? okay. Because we actually have delegated um, loan um, office assistance like mine, like Ember, who can actually underwrite refinances if you're W-2. Wow. Yes. How's that work? Tell me about that. Well, it's called, <laughs> it's called a cap, it's called a cap program. And I'm, to be honest with you, I forgot what cap stands for, but um, it, it's something fairways doing on, to get loans through the system quicker. Cause if we send them to our underwriting corporate underwriters, we're three to four weeks out. Okay. If we do the cap program, you know, we're seven to 10 days out. Okay. So it's twice as quick. 
Um, and so if a borrower has any other income besides W-2, they're not going to be on the cap program for refund. Okay. So, so it's, it's got, got a rates are the same. That has nothing to do with rates. Okay. System. And why is there a difference between uh, the interest rate on a purchase and the interest rate on a refinance right now? Um, number one is we will never want to slow down purchase business because that's what sustains you. It's, it's providing people with new homes, new home ownership. It's your bread and butter. Yeah. The bread and butter is the American dream. Yep. Um, you own the home. So you already got, you already got a mortgage. You already got a rate. Um, we want to help you get a lower rate. You will get a lower rate. I had a conversation with the borrower yesterday and I said, let's just wait to get your loan approved. The rates aren't going up. Let's wait to get your loan approved. I can lock you on a 30-day lock instead of a 45 or 60-day lock, and it's going to be better for you. And um, it may take a while to get your loan approved, but you know, you're going to save money. You're going to get a lower rate, um, and it's going to close smoothly. So I would say if you're refinancing, and, um, it's just that upfront conversation of setting expectations and then knowing that when your loan is approved and we can lock you 30 days or less, Fairway is going to make that rate a little better than if we were locking up front. Got it. Okay. Okay. And that makes sense. Another topic that comes up pretty often with my brokers is, hey, the Federal Reserve has guaranteed they're going to keep rates low. So therefore, mortgage rates are also going to be low through 2022, I believe, is what the Fed is basically committed to. Now, explain to us the difference between the federal funds rate, which is what we're talking about, which is at 0% to 0.25%. That's where the Fed is at right now versus mortgage rates. Now, the mortgage rates could, could do anything, right? So what's the difference? Yeah, they could do anything. So the Fed only controls um, the overnight rate that banks lend each other and your auto loan rate, your money market rate. They do control the prime rate, which which affects you for your HELOC if you have a home equity line. But that's the only mortgage rate they control is the HELOC rates. Okay. The other rates, now they will do things to stimulate things to keep mortgage rates down, but they don't have a direct effect. When the Fed changes rates, it has not have a direct effect on mortgage rates. When they said rates went to zero, the Fed funds rate is at zero. It's zero to a quarter percent, depending on which... Yeah. Uh, Rate you're looking at that they control um you know for you know for instance the the, the prime rate is three and a quarter rate mortgage rates people aren't going to you know zero. Zero. no that would seriously be that would actually be free money no cost <laughs> not happening not happening my life would be crazy if that happened so it's not happening how, how would you make any money yeah i know i know that's true you wouldn't you wouldn't actually exactly so so the so when when the Fed says they're lowering rates and people think it they ninety percent of the people out there think it has a direct effect on mortgage rate ninety five Dan ninety yeah maybe maybe ninety nine <laughs> yeah. um, it's a lot yeah you know mortgages are traded on the bond market in 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 you know you could call mortgage bonds or mortgage backed securities same thing um, the Fed can control the the U S treasuries and though in the you know like the prime rate the overnight rate banks each other. That's what they control. They do not control the price of a mortgage bond unless the only way they can control it somewhat, which they can't control it. It's not a, it's not a direct control. They can't say, Hey, I want rates to go to two and a half percent. They can't do that. Right. And right. stimulate mortgage rates by buying 
mortgage bonds. And they actually been doing that this year. They've been buying mortgage bonds to yeah. try to push rates down. So that's the only way rate that rates can go down by what the Fed does. But even at that, they were screwing things up when they were doing that a while because rates were dropping too fast and there was a problem. Yeah. And, and let's talk about that. And, and let's jump back for one second. Uh, something I remembered from my podcast in Wells Fargo is they basically eliminated their HELOC lines, their home equity lines of credit. They have basically said, yeah, we're not doing those. We don't have enough money. And part of the Wells Fargo thing is that um, they got slapped on the wrist from that 2016 fake, fake accounts deal. So they've got a limit on how much they can lend. And so Wells Fargo is kind of a little bit of an anomaly. But what was interesting is no HELOCs, so it's no home equity lines of credit from them. Um, are other lenders doing that as well? Yeah, I mean, I know TCF Bank for a while stopped, stopped doing HELOCs. Unless okay. it was just money HELOC, they would not do um, any refinance HELOC. So if you had an existing property and you want a HELOC, you weren't getting one. Not getting one. Yeah, and they have raised those rates, and they've put um, overlays on those stricter um, credit score requirements. Okay, it's our concern that you you know you're going to lose your job because COVID or something like that. You know, right? So yeah, they've definitely gotten stricter on those. You know, back in '08, as you know, uh, all the lenders just put a froze those lines of credit. Yep. If you had a hundred thousand dollar line of credit and you borrowed fifty, that's that was your cap now fifty. Yep, you're done. And, and we'll need you to pay that back as soon as you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. And, and going back to this, and, and the, the Fed right now is literally buying billions and billions of dollars of mortgage-backed securities to prop the market up. And that's what you're talking about, that um, they are actually kind of rocking the market. Like the, the rates are dropping too quickly, and it really jammed up the system, Correct. Yeah, they were doing that in April, and they were buying like thirty billion a day on average. Oh, incredible amounts of money. Yeah, and I think I sent you an article that was actually really, really well written by Barry Habib, and he actually got that to the Fed, and some other people got it to the Fed, and said, "Hey, this is what's happening. The, you're screwing things up for everybody because the mortgage market is getting margin calls, and that's." whole technical thing we can't really go into but it was messing things up and the, and the liquidity wasn't there and so it was a huge liquidity issue in the mortgage market so they actually slowed it down to like i don't know where they're at now but last i heard it was around three to four billion a day it's it's still a lot dan i mean they are <laughs> they are still and that's why and, and so some of that is um some of what we're experiencing right now is as the covid becomes worse and worse in a lot of these states. I know Texas on Friday had like 10,000 cases. I think California yesterday had 8,000 new cases in a single day. Wow. And, and as that is happening, we're seeing the, the federal government basically double down on, oh my gosh, there's going to be damage to the economy. So let's, let's buy a little bit more of the mortgage-backed securities and let's prop this up. And so as things get worse, for COVID, business interest rates are dropping, and that's what's going on. As as COVID gets worse, interest rates get, you know, arguably better. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. Yep. Which so is I mean, I crazy. I think I think rates will stay really low through two thousand twenty one. I don't think we'll be above three and a quarter um, through two thousand twenty one. But that's just my prediction. 
Um, you know, I don't know what the 10 year treasury was at, but that's a good gauge for the consumer. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not where mortgages are traded. Let me pull up my thing. No. You can still see me, right? Yeah. I think I saw a point. I saw a point six two yesterday. Does that sound yeah, right? So right now I'm, 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 I'm looking at my screen here. Um, 10 year treasury point six one percent today. Yep. So that's a kind of a gauge. It's not where mortgages are traded, but it's a good gauge. When you see the 10 year treasury going down, typically rates are trending down too. Yep. Um, and, and, um, you know, whereas mortgage bonds have an opposite opposite, you want to see those that pricing go up, which means rate pricing is improving. Goes down. Two different things. Yeah, they're inverse. Yep, exactly. That relationship is inverse. Now, yeah, with the ten-year treasury, it's not inverse. It's 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 the, it's the same trend. There's a, there's a direct correlation there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you mentioned that um, we've got a bump up on jumbo mortgages. From 1.5 million up to 2 million for a lot of lenders, is that correct? Yeah, I don't know about other lenders. Um, I think um, uh, uh, you know I have to talk to my brother over at Caliber if they're still at 1.5 or 2 million. It might be 2 million as well, but we're at 2 million. That's Kevin. Yep, Kevin over it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Kevin Chapman, how we doing? Long time no talk. Probably 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 where I bring that in is in expensive areas, uh, like in a lot of King County, where you've got entry level new construction is like three, four million, three or four million in the upper end markets. That's just what a new home costs, um, unless you have some pretty high jumbo limits. There's not a lot of activity happening, like the you do, activity just stops. Right, right. You know, it's definitely. I think it has slowed down that that purchase in that three to four million dollar price range. Right. You know, I and talked it, to a couple of realtors I work with that dominate that price range. Yeah, uh, it's slower for them there too. And it's just because the buyers aren't out looking because they know they're not going to basically get a loan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and they can go to you know maybe one of the big banks to get a loan, but if they qualify, you know, they're going to be they're going to make sure that everything's lined up there for sure. Right. And so many people in that price range, if you can buy a $4 million home, you've probably got what, 10 million in assets. I mean, you probably could write a check for it, but you don't want to because you want to leverage your money and you want to use these low interest rates. But you've got enough going on where you're not forced to be buying a home. You just happen to not buy a home when you've got these restrictions on you. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I think in a lot of these upper end markets, you're seeing a big slowdown and the stats will say um, this market is dropping off the face, you know, dropping off a cliff. Prices are dropping this, you know, a lot of stuff is just negative, negative, negative. And it's like these people are loaded and they're just not happening to buy a home right now. That's the bottom line, because they don't like dealing with a bunch of hassles of being put through the ringer on getting a mortgage. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've I've seen some houses sell pretty quickly. Like I had a client that just listed his house um, on the, in the east side for I think he said I think he listed it for two point seven, and he got pretty close to asking price on it. That's crazy. It just depends. It depends. Yeah, it totally depends. But it's definitely slowed down. But there's like you know, there's very little inventory. Like, there's yeah, almost no inventory. Now the flip side to that is you were mentioning a program for purchasers that gave them a little bit of a credit at the time of closing? Run, run yeah. Into that. 
So new program, Freddie Mac. Freddie Mac has a program called Home Possible, and that program does not give you any down payment assistance or anything like that. Um, but this is kind of a parlay off that program by Freddie Mac, and, and okay. it's a smart program. Um, and so if you qualify for, say, the Home Possible, um, there's an income limit on that. Okay. There's also the, the limits can vary a little bit based on the zip code in the, okay. uh, of the property that it's in. So like an area that has, um, you know, lower income demographics, they, they want to lend in that area. So they, they, okay. the income limit might be a little bit higher. Whereas okay. like say Kirkland, it's the income limit's going to be 80% of the, um, area income in like certain areas like Kirkland, Bellevue, Redmond, that's going to be 80% of the, um, um what they call AMI, uh, area medium income. And that level, that limit is about 85,500. Okay. And so if you are, if you fall into that 85,500, um, r- right around there limit, then they'll give you up to, a, but you qualify for the program. They'll give you a $1,000 down payment assistance or credit towards your closing costs. Okay. It's not a lot, but it's a thousand bucks. It's a, th- yeah. It would cover your appraisal. Yeah, exactly. And then if you qualify, if you make fifty percent or less of the, of of the the hundred percent limit, the hundred percent limit's like one hundred six, okay, five hundred. The hundred percent of the AMI. Um, if you are at fifty percent or less, so meaning fifty three thousand and four fifty or less, then they'll give you fifteen hundred bucks. Okay, so slightly better. Slightly yeah. better, yeah. Yeah. And I think what, what people need to understand is 85 grand in a lot of markets sounds like a lot of money. But here in the Seattle area, you're going to be hard pressed to even buy a one bedroom condo with that kind of income. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you got no student loan debt. And, you know, if you got no debts and everything like that, you can, you know, you can, you can afford a, afford a, our mortgage, you know, so. Right. But pickings are slim and it's, you know, it sounds like a great deal. Oh, if you've got 85 grand in income, which sounds like a lot of money to a lot of people. And it is a lot of money to a lot of people, but not in a big city like, like in New York or Seattle or um, San Francisco. It's um, that is at the very entry level of being able to afford housing. For sure. For sure. You got to go up to Snohomish or down south to Pierce County, possibly. Yeah, you got to go out for at least an hour commute into the downtown downtown centers. Yeah. So I did a podcast a couple of days ago where it was I think it was a CNBC article that stated one of their specialists was saying that up to 28 million um, tenants could be facing eviction. And they're basically in the lower socioeconomic markets like um, like Chicago and Washington, D.C., and a handful of others like that, where there's a real eviction pro- you know, problem where those people are behind on rent. And when these you know, moratoriums get taken off, it could be some real chaos. Have you heard anything like that as far as maybe with the with the mortgage, with the forbearance moratorium? I haven't. I, and I've heard actually today that um, the forbearances are starting to slow down quite a bit. Um, you know, um, so I think that's get, that's starting to improve. There's the forbearances was were, you know, in April, late April, early May, yeah. all yeah. the way through May. There was a lot of them. Yep. You know, and I've gotten some people that called me that said, hey, 
my, my lender just reached out to me and offered me a forbearance. And I took it even though they were working, you know, they didn't know the repercussions of that. Now they want to refinance and well, you gotta, you gotta get caught up first. Yep. You gotta wait three months. So that's the rule. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. I think so much of this is a polar opposite reaction to what happened during the great recession of 2008 that, um, you know, the government's basically handing out free money in PPP loans, SBA loans, you know, the $600 a week uh, unemployment bonus, all of that stuff. They're trying to prop things up and which is the, the exact opposite of what we had, saw in the Great Recession of 08. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The stimulus says, as, as um, you know, they put out a lot of money there trying to trying to spur things along so we don't go too far down the hole. Right. We did in 08, so to speak. Right. So it was different, but wildly different. Do you think that we'll see a second stimulus package as far as handing out the, you know, $1,200 checks to people? Uh, I think good this fall, maybe in winter. Yeah. I'd say it's 50 per 50% chance. Maybe. I, I bet you it's 60, 60 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if we if we have a couple more big states go through shutdown and they move back to phase one, yeah, yeah, you got California's there right now. Any other states that are there? Texas are they? I don't know if they're phase one. I think they're phase two. No, that Texas is phase two, but man, they are getting hammered. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. It's too bad that it um, it still spreads in the summer. Like you, you don't really see that with the flu. No, but this you do. But this is also something that we don't have, you know, we don't have a solution for. Whereas with the flu, you know, you get people some medication, get them a shot, whatever. And they're, I have they're, a solution, Sean. Okay. Let's hear it. It's called whiskey. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it works well for me. So how, how much whiskey do you, how much whiskey do you have to drink to not get COVID-19? I don't know. Maybe a couple shots a day. No. <laughs> okay. And, and then, then don't be around. That much, but. And then, and then don't be around people. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, that'll help. You know, I drink alone. A lot of yeah. space out here in Montana. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's one of the uh, trends that we're seeing and hearing a lot about is I just talked with actually the gal at the property management company, I signed the lease on for our office space. She was saying she is selling her mom's house in Suncadia, which is an hour drive east of, of Seattle. It's kind of in the mountains. And there is massive demand for property and homes out there because people want to get out of. And so like where you are, a lot of people are headed it's, your way. It's actually, yeah, they are that, you know, they, they watch they watch the show Yellowstone. So some people want to move to Bozeman. And then uh, some people know about Whitefish. We don't want too many people knowing, but. <laughs> well, that's because you own a house there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? I actually know a couple people that are getting up and moving to Boise. That, that Boise. Yeah. Yep. I've heard Boise. I've heard Arizona. Um, I've heard Texas. Yeah. Wouldn't want to be moving to Texas right now. Um, and then Florida is another state where a ton of people, they've had just a ton of infections. And I think New York, Florida, and, and uh, Texas right now, and California, those are kind of the big hot spots. And as, as we follow those big states, I think you've got stimulus 2.0 coming our way. And um, I think we're going to have here in Washington, we're going to have a long pause between phase two and phase three. I mean, a long pause. 
Yeah, no, I think a lot of people are considering moving because a COVID they're just, they're cooped up in the city. They can't do anything. They want, they want space. That's number one. Yep. You know, um, they feel safer. There's, you know, less chance of, you know, Antifa and whatnot coming to your city, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. And if they do come, if they do come to a place like Montana, anywhere in Montana, people have guns and they're going to bring them out on their front porch. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of rule out here with guns. You do you do have to get, uh, uh, you know, they do a quick background check. It's about 20 minutes and you walk out of there with your with your buying a gun at, say, Cabela's or a sports store. Right. Well, you guys are literally, you know, not that many years away from the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Whereas Seattle here, we're basically just an Indian territory. And, um, you know, we took over a lot of Native American, you know, kicked them off their land and that whole thing, but not as much gunfights at the OK Corral. That's right. That's right. Yeah. What other trends or what, what else do you see happening in the mortgage world that would be good for people to know if they're considering refinancing or buying? You know, I would say if you're just purchasing, um, you know, just make sure you're working with a reputable company that can close quickly, close smoothly, close on time. Um, obviously, competitive rates are important. Um, that's number one. Um, if it's so competitive right now, it's not a bad idea to get your loan approved. You know, we've talked about that before. Instead of yeah. get um, a credit or conditional approval. Yep. Um, that's what I would highly re- recommend. Um, cause you know, one point, what 1.1 month supply of inventory, something like that. Oh, it's under Dan and a bunch of our core areas here. We're under a month. Yeah. That's, that's insane. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that in my 20 year career. No, we've never seen it before. This is literally for as long as they've been keeping uh, housing statistics, this is as low as it gets. And if you're, you know, four to six months is considered normal. And we keep hammering on that, that four to six months is normal. And that's why you've got a situation like yesterday, one of my brokers made an offer on a house that was listed at 570. And it went to about 710. And this is just an average. Wow, that's a pretty big jump. Yeah, massive, massive jump. And it was 18 offers, and it was just an average little rambler in Edmonds, which is, you know, not that far from downtown Seattle. Yeah. Just crazy. And that's because you've got no supply, and you got a lot of people out there looking to buy. Yeah, and, and if the rates are so low, people are like, wow, my mortgage payment's going to be, you know, $500 lower than I expected, you know, a month. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, what, that's a lot of money. About. It's a lot of money when you think about it for, for the average income earner. Oh, it's a nice car payment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really is. Yep. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Always appreciate your information. And it'll be interesting to see um, next time we do a podcast. When's the next time you're in town? Uh, I will be there. I got I got back to back weekend weddings uh, end of August. (laughs) Dan, I am so sorry to hear that. (laughs) I will be, uh, you know, having some fun, though. and, And, you know, hopefully meeting with a few people like you. And yeah, love to see you. And some yep. people that I haven't seen in a while because because uh, of COVID. So yeah, I have a rule that I don't attend any weddings during the summer months of June, July, or August. Yeah. So yeah. if you plan well, a wedding, well, then, one of them's going to be pretty. Coming. One of them's going to be pretty fun. The, the the reception and everything. So that'll be good. 
Okay. Well, enjoy that. And next time you're in town, let's do a let's do a man to man podcast where we can actually see each other. We'll do it face to face for sure. Yep. Sounds good, Dan. Thanks so much for coming on. And we'll have your information linked in the description here of the YouTube video and on our podcast stuff. We'll have your information as well. So again, thanks so much, Dan Chapman from Fairway Independent Mortgage. Look forward to talking to you on the next Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks, Sean. All right. Okay. Thanks, Dan. We'll catch up soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.